Hi, you are listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Coffman States, Illinois. You will be hearing a sermon from Pastor Jared Aron. So without further ado, here he is. Okay, I gotta call it. Sorry guys. I, re- I feel really bad breaking this up, but we're going to have more time to connect uh, after the sermon. One thing I didn't mention up front, so the sermon at Connection Sunday is a little shorter, so we do have time at the tables. I, I'm really excited about this message, and I, I feel awkward saying that because then it raises a bar a little bit, you know, and I want to lower the bar. Um, but this morning we're going to talk about loneliness, and the reality is, like, many of us struggle with loneliness. So I know it's a very sensitive topic, uh, but I'm really excited for us to look at God's word and hear what God has to say. So let me just pray for us uh, before we begin. Father, thank you for just the time right now to connect in a fun way to share our stories. Um, God, we thank you that you have made us for relationship and connecting and for community. And thank you that we get to experience that today. And we're with this topic of loneliness. I know it's a very... um, can be a very raw place for many of us. And so, God, we just ask your Holy Spirit to guide our minds and our hearts, help us to really be open to what you want to say to us. And I just pray, God, that you would just work in a powerful way uh, this morning. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. In a moment, I want to play a song for us, uh, but I want to give you a little context um, my junior high music teacher was a lady named Mrs. Carroll, and she was an elderly woman, shorter, had a very fiery personality. Probably her greatest trademark that I'll never forget is she loved the Beatles. And I wasn't a big music guy back then, but I was indoctrinated into Beatles music through this woman. And so we would show up at class and sing all different you know, Beatles songs, Hey Jude, Here Comes the Sun... Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. The song that stuck with me the most throughout the years is the song Eleanor Rigby. And it's a song about loneliness. And we're going to play it for you. And you'll, you'll see the lyrics on the slides. But just I want to invite you to kind of pay attention. How do you feel and think as you hear this song? And then we'll, we'll go on from there. So, guys. up the rice in a church where a wedding has been lives in a dream waits at the window wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door who is it for all the lonely people where do they all come from all the lonely people where do Father Mackenzie, writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one comes near, look at him working, donning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care, all the lonely people? Where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where 
Chatham was buried along with her name. Nobody came, Father Mackenzie, wiping the dirt from his hands as he walks from the grave. No one was saved, all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? I want to show the the refrain of the song. Can I get the slides? Yes, when you hear these lyrics, what's going on inside of you? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? And I don't know what your initial reaction is, and I haven't analyzed the song, (laughs) but for me, these words mess with me. It strikes a chord in my heart, and part of it is because in my story, there have been significant seasons of real loneliness that have been very painful for me. You know, high school was one of those seasons where I just really struggled with loneliness, I was socially withdrawn, I isolated myself, and it was very hard, a very difficult four years uh, for me. And one of the haunting images for me was lunchtime in high school, walking into the cafeteria and seeing tables like this, and seeing a sea of people and wondering, where do I fit in? Where do I belong? And for me, it's quite ironic that our high school, or our church meets in a high school in the cafeteria. And I look around this room, and I wonder what each person's experience is with loneliness. How you as a human being have wrestled with feeling like you don't belong. You don't fit in. There isn't a place for you. You are all alone. And again, I realized this morning, and we're talking about a place that's very sensitive and very vulnerable. And before I go any further, I want to make something pretty clear. Um, This issue isn't about whether you're married or single. Uh, I think speaking from a married person's perspective, I can tell you that marriage does not give you immunity from loneliness. And I I have a great marriage. I'm not saying anything (laughs) about that. But even for Yvonne and I, I mean, we have struggled with loneliness through our years of being married. Uh, So you can be very much married and struggle very much with loneliness. And there's been a lot of studies and reports published. Uh, One of them was done by the American Sociological Review. Uh, A couple years ago, they interviewed uh, 1,500 people. And the issue of loneliness came to the forefront of the study. And the stats are astonishing. One out of four Americans say they have no one with whom they can talk about with their personal struggles or their victories. They don't have anybody they can go to to share their life with. One out of four 
Americans. And if family members are not counted, that doubles to one out of two Americans. Don't have someone to go to. I don't know how you cannot hear that, and it's heartbreaking. And there's been different uh, theories suggested. Why is this happening in our country? And some would suggest to go all the way back to the 1950s when the household TV was introduced that began this pattern of isolating ourselves. Others will point to longer work days and commutes. People just don't have time to connect with one another. And now with the rise of social media, many are convinced that social networking is providing a poor substitute and distraction from genuinely connecting with one another. About 10 years ago, I heard about the phrase uh, crowded loneliness. And this is a term that's used that suggests that many of us have so many different relational circles that we're trying to juggle. And our relational lives are so fragmented and separated. And we know a lot of people and we connect with people, but where is that one place where we find home that we're known? And many of us just have very crowded relational worlds that is leading to a struggle with loneliness. These are all stats and terms, but they point to something that I think is very important. Our loneliness speaks to our need and our design. And this morning, I want to share two points and to let God's word weigh in on the struggle with loneliness and to really give us God's heart and perspective on our struggles. And the first point is that our God designed us to not be alone. We're going to go all the way back to the creation story and see how God made it unbelievably clear about our need and our design. If you read through Genesis 1 and the first six days of creation, God is constantly affirming things as good in the creation story. After he made man on the sixth day, the last verse in Genesis 1 says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Everything was all good until Genesis 2.18. I know many of you are familiar with this, but it says, The Lord God said, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I can't overstate it enough how deeply significant it is that God stops here in the creation story and points out what is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. And really, I believe the significance is magnified because this is before the fall. This is before Adam's relationship with God and creation was disrupted. So right now, Adam is living in a perfectly harmonious relationship with God in all creation. Adam and God, everything is good. An intimate, untainted relationship between God and the first human being. But God declares out of his authority and dominion, that something is missing. 
And it wasn't just that Adam was single. He was completely alone. There was no other human being on planet Earth. I can't imagine what that would have been like uh, for Adam. To be the only human being on Earth, to never have an interaction with someone else. And God saw this and he knew that something needed to be done. So God says, I will make a helper suitable for him. And the word helper is is very important here. The same Hebrew word is used in other passages of the Old Testament to refer to God and to refer to God as a rescuer for humans in their time of need. So the sense of the word here for helper speaks to a desperate need for God's intervention and rescue. The problem was God wired human beings for relationship and community. And aloneness is incompatible with our design. We were fashioned to need relationships, to need community. And Adam was needy in his aloneness. And the rescue was God was going to step in. He was going to provide community for Adam through Eve. Again, the problem was aloneness. And the rescue was community. Uh, Last fall, before the start of school, Yvonne had this great idea to teach our kids uh, responsibility So we got a family pet, and we started very simply. We got a a male betta fish, and um, his name is Sprinkles. He's right there. If you're familiar with betta fish, you know a male cannot live or exist with other fish. They're too aggressive, and they will kill one another. And by the grace of God, after eight months, he's still alive and doing well. And soon after we got him, I would look in on him and wonder about his life. (laughs) I don't know what's going through his mind. But here's this fish. He's all alone. He's in this fishbowl. It's got to be super boring. And the reality is he is going to die alone. And I felt compassion, like genuine compassion for this (laughs) dumb fish. But I didn't think there was anything I could do about it until one day. One day, I was at Charles and Sonny. Where are you guys at? Right there. I was at their place. And I saw their fish tank with a betta fish in there. And I saw another inhabitant in the tank. And I, I had no idea. I'm like, why did, not, why did the Petland people not tell me you can put something else in the tank? But you can put a little snail in there with a betta fish. So I went to Petland, and I was motivated. For $2, bought our little snail. So there he is. That's Turbo 2. Our first snail already died. So that's the second one. But I tell you what, I look into our tank now. And I look at sprinkles. I know they don't interact much. But I feel so much better about his life. He is not alone. 
I felt I was able to rescue him. So obviously, it's just a silly story. But it reminds me of the heart of God for us to not be alone. God, out of compassion and knowing our design, provided the rescue that we needed for our aloneness. I don't know where you struggle with aloneness and where it hits and hurts you the most. If you're single, maybe you really struggle waiting on God's timing and his plans for him to provide that companion to share your life with. And it's painful waiting. Maybe for you, you walk into a class at school or a sports team practice or you walk into a team meeting at work or your small group and as you step in, there's real struggle. There's thoughts that, do I belong here? Do I fit in? And it hurts. It's hard. Maybe for you, you have a physical ailment or emotional struggle that keeps you isolated from people and they just can't understand what you go through. And you feel all alone with that struggle. And and just to be honest and real, like maybe here on Sunday morning, you walk in here on Sunday And we're a big enough church where people can fall through the cracks. And you look out among all these people and you might see other people connecting and you wonder, when will that happen for me? You know, all these things are hard and there's very real pain here. And I get it. I've been in probably every one of those situations throughout my life. In these moments of struggle and pain, we can easily get deceived because the emotions are so strong. Loneliness can lead us to to carry a heavy burden and we can begin to feel and believe that we are all alone. That's where I want to be very clear this morning. It's different to struggle with loneliness versus believing that you are all alone. There's a big difference there. And I'm that type of guy that that bulldozes over people's feelings and emotions. So I don't want you to discredit what you feel or not pay attention to these emotions. But we have to remember what is true and let the truth protect and lead us through these struggles. So the second point I want to make that's truth from God's word is we are not alone. Not only has God designed and fashioned us to not be alone, the reality is, the truth is, we are not alone. If you have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are no longer alone. Scriptures remind us over and over again that not only is God with us, but God tells us about the community that we are a part of through Christ. And so I want to go back to Ephesians 2 that I read in the, the call to worship and, and go a few verses later and look at this text for a few moments. And again, just to remind you, in Ephesians 2, you know, Paul is talking about the work of cro- the cross and what Christ has done and how it changes the reality of our community. 
He says here in verse 19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what is true of you. You are no longer a foreigner. You belong. You are no longer on the outside looking in. You have a place in the body of Christ. You are no longer a stranger. You are invited in to be known and find welcome and find home in the church of Jesus Christ. You are a fellow citizen with God's people. You are not disenfranchised. You are not an outcast. You are included in the kingdom story. And you are part of the most glorious and amazing group of people on planet Earth. People who belong to the Most High God. That's what's true of you and I. And finally, you are a member of his household, the family of God. You are not estranged. You are not an orphan. You have been adopted into the family of God through the work of Christ. Again, I understand that you might not feel all this, or you might not have fully experienced all this yet in the body of Christ. But part of our problem is that we get stuck in our feelings, in our experience of loneliness. And we get trapped believing that we are all alone. And I really believe this morning, God wants to break into our struggle with loneliness, with his truth. Remind us today that we already belong to the body of Christ. We already are part of God's people. We are no longer foreigners. We are no longer strangers. But we're a fellow citizen. We're a member of his household and family. So what is true and what is real is that we are not alone. And until we believe this, I don't believe we're going to begin to experience and live this truth And honestly, our real hope for community is that Christ is the lead and the center of our community. This is what Paul goes on to write. He says, this household, this family, is built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. I mean, that's good news right there. It's not completely up to us, but through the work and leading of Jesus Christ, we have hope that what we were designed for, what we need in community, Jesus Christ is building on this earth. I remember back to my first day on campus at U of I. I was a lonely, timid, scared freshman student. I had no idea what the next four years of my life was going to look like. I had just met my roommate for the first time. 
we were unpacking our stuff and setting up our, our dorm room. And then there was a knock on our door, a knock that changed the next four years of my life. And at the door was this older guy named Pastor Wayne and this super tall dude named Marty. And uh, they were part of a church, and they just started talking to my roommate and I, and they invited us to go hang out with them that night. I realized these were complete strangers, and we said yes and hung out with them. But from that day on, I was part of that church community through my four years at U of I, and it radically changed the course of my entire life. God saw my need for community, and he sent two of his people to provide the rescue that I needed. And we have to remember that God will send people into our lives to remind us that we are not alone. It matters to the heart of God that we do not live alone. He has done something about it, and he continues to do something about it through building his church. My guess is that in a church our size, there might be dozens struggling with loneliness right now. So this message might hit you in a very raw place in your heart. There might be moments for you that you begin to tell yourself, I'm all alone. I don't belong. I guess I'm stuck by myself. And those are the moments, even though it's really hard to ask God for the strength to believe what is true. You are not alone. You are part of the family of God. And then to begin to take action on that truth by reaching out to someone and opening up your life and your loneliness before other people. In the context of community, we need to be honest with our struggles and invite people in to where we hurt the most. This is why we have community groups at our church. There's a limit to what we can do on a Sunday morning. It's just too big on Sundays. And our hope is that our community groups would be places where people can be known and can share the joys and struggles of their life together. And that as we share and are known, that God would bind our hearts together with Christ at the center of our community. So in a moment, we're going to get a small taste of being able to share and connect at our tables. I'll mention it probably for the third time. I realize this is a heavy topic. And I don't want you to feel pressured to share. And so some of the questions have been designed to be less personal because it might be uncomfortable to open up in front of strangers. Yet I would just encourage you, just be real, be honest, be authentic. If God is prompting you to take a risk, do it. Follow his lead at your table. There are four questions. Can we put the questions up? And so the goal of this is not to get through all four questions. That's not the goal. You're not going to have time to do that. The hope would be that every person at your table will get, get a chance to respond to the question that they feel most comfortable to choose. So it doesn't have to go one, two, three, four. Um, so I'm going to trust the table host to facilitate the time 
So the goal here is just to connect and share and to be real. And so we're going to take about 20, 25 minutes at our tables. Um, and so I'm just going to pray for you, and then after 25 minutes, the praise team will come and close out our time this morning. So let's pray together. God, thank you for the amazing truth that we truly are not alone. Thank you for what your son has done for us. That we have been adopted into the family of God. That we are not orphans. We are not disenfranchised. We are not left to wander. But I know for many of us, maybe, we've struggled with loneliness throughout our lives and our stories. And maybe that struggle is very real right now in this season. So I pray, God, uh, that you would shepherd your people. I pray at the tables that your Holy Spirit would lead that time, that people would be genuine and real with one another. And as people open up and share, I pray the response from others at the table would be filled with grace and love and safety. Um, So, God, we just really invite you to lead this time and to lead our tables. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.